And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the TIFO Football Podcast. I'm Joe Devine and I'm joined today uh, by a very interesting guest, Ollie Marland. Ollie, who is now a professional musician uh, in an outfit called Lost and Found, uh, who have uh, just released a cracking new single, Into You, was also uh, previously a footballer who played uh, for Port Vale up until the age of about 19. Um, Ollie made an unusual transition from footballer to musician. Uh, so today we talk about that. We talk about you know how hard it is to be a footballer, what the earning potential is of somebody who who's playing in in League Two, um, how how he made the decision to to, to move out of football into something else because that's obviously a very hard thing to do. Um, and also the, the the rest of his musical career, including uh, supporting acts around festivals. Um, Ollie appeared on X Factor as well um, and has uh, since sort of rediscovered uh, his musical interest after a period of working on a construction site. So it's been a, it's been an interesting career so far and it was um, it was great to be able to talk to Ollie. I appreciate him, him coming on to do this because we also get a bit of an insight into the music industry too and how um, horrible it can be, I think, at times. Uh, my words, obviously. But um, yeah, I found that particularly interesting. So thanks to Ollie. Incidentally, if you think the music industry is horrible, but you like reading about football, does that work? Yeah, I guess so. You should subscribe to The Athletic. And I can tell you that this December, if you're thinking of gifting, doing a gift of some kind, uh, but also you want to get some value out of the gift, i.e. whenever I buy a gift for someone, my partner, for example, I will buy her uh, something I can also enjoy, like uh, concert tickets or, you know, a subscription to a streaming service that I also get maximum value out of, because that's who I am. And if you're like me, then you should uh, take uh, take heed of The Athletic's Buy One, Gift One a deal during December this year where you can buy one for yourself i.e. maximum value and then you can gift one uh, for the same you know for absolutely free essentially so it's, it's, I mean, it's basically two for the price of one but it's in a gifting form uh, and you can do that by visiting theathletic.com forward slash TIFO that's theathletic.com forward slash T-I-F-O um, and make your family and friends also uh, happy as, as happy as you are does that yeah that's good. All right, then. Uh, well, anyway, that's all for now. Um, I will return momentarily after this musical jingle uh, in the warm hands and the cool embrace of, uh, of the lovely Ollie Marland. played for Port Vale, Ollie, and now you're a singer. That's an unusual career trajectory. Uh, tell me about it. Yeah, so from really young, super into football, as I'm sure, you know, most most lads are, uh, went through the rounds of academies, Everton, Nottingham Forest, Stoke City, 
And then I ended up at Port Vale when I was like 14. And then I, yeah, I managed to get a, a youth contract at 16. And then I was there, you know, two or three years and in and around, you know, with the first team. And then I kind of randomly was like, oh, I want to put a few YouTube videos up singing. And then a company got in touch with me. And yeah, that I kind of got moved to London and got signed up. And that was that, packed my bags because I was like, hey, League, no <laughs> offense to like League Two, but I'm not going to make, you know, a load of money doing this to live like nicely. And when I retire, retire and do not that much. So I was like, I'm going to give music a go. What are League Two wages like? Because we, we always speculate, but uh, I have no idea, really. Like, what would, have your, what would your earning potential have been, let's say, if you had stayed at League Two level as a professional? Maybe like three or four hundred a week at like okay. for a few years. I, I don't think it gets too far past a grand a week, which is when you look at championship and, and especially premiership, it's like crazy difference. Yeah. And I would see the pros like going to uni or college or whatever it is, learning something new to do after they retire. And I was just like, in my head as a football after I retire, all I want to do is play golf every day and be with my missus and kids at like 30 odd, you know? So I was just like, it is a great, everyone thinks being a footballer is easy, you know, on the outside as fans, but it's, it's real tough graft, man. And obviously I know compared to like, I've also worked in construction. I did a year and that, that's also tough graft, but like on your body and stuff, it is tough graft being a footballer training every day and doing, keeping to a standard of fitness. You don't really want to then when you're retiring, kind of going to uni or college and learning something else you want to you know enjoy yourself after you've you've done all these years of 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 your your sport and that like you see you know people from the prem your gary neville's carriers just going into like presenting on sky that you can't really do that in league two because you know league two or league one you no, no one wants to hear you speak about the the prem they want to hear the prem boys speak about the prem and all that so yeah it's pretty pretty crazy and i do think something needs to be done i feel i I don't know how to go clubs can go around it you know but i feel like every club league one and two should have like a helper club let's say from like the prem and championship because i mean the championship has got some crazy teams in it now that were like established like prem teams over the years there definitely needs to be some some something somewhere being helped out because there's the year that i left uh port vale we we went into administration which is just like you know that we would we got promoted that season as well so it was kind of like you know you should be really buzzing but at the same time everyone was like no one's been paid for like a while and we might not be a football team in six weeks Mm -hmm. and i know that almost happened to bolton i think it happened to Barry. So, yeah, I don't know what your views on that are, but I, I do think that there, something needs to be done, I think. You mentioned that it's, that it's a hard graft. Could you just put into context for people listening, 
how difficult uh, it is in terms of the, the training and the commitment that you have to have in terms of your, your footballing instincts and how much you learn about it uh, to to maintain playing at that level or even, even reach that level? Because it, it sounds low to people who watch the Premier League, but it really isn't in the, in the grand well, scheme of things. Well, I, you, I think the great example of, of people that are like, oh, lower leagues, whatever, your Jamie Vardy's, your Dali Alley's, you know, there's a bunch of people now that are coming through. And I think it's kind of opening everyone's eyes that like, oh, some people might not come through Manu all the way, like your Rashfords or I, I don't know, your guys at Chelsea, like Mason Mount. There is people, James Madison, another one. I actually played against him for the reserves um, at, at Vale the commentary and I was like, this kid is running rings around everyone. I was like, what is happening? I was like, how is he still here? Then I saw that he got into the first team and I went to a game and he pinged a free kick and I was like, there's no chance he's going to be here next season. And then Nor- Norwich bought him and now obviously everything kind of went from there and he's now smashing it in the Prem playing for England. So I think, you know, from, from day to day, it's literally your fitness has to be crazy good, especially in the lower leagues, you know, because obviously the standard isn't as good as the, the championship or the Prem. So your fitness has to be crazy. And at the time, uh, my manager was Mickey Adams, which I don't know if you know much about Mickey Adams, but he, he likes his running. There's a lot of stuff about without the ball. Uh, really nice guy if you get on his good sides. Got a you know got an Alex Ferguson vibe about him where he's like really tough. Mm. Um, but um, if you're on his good sides, um, he 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 he's he's really on your side, you know. But um, he loved his running, so we'd like go to random like hills for the whole day and and run up them and then every day before session there is like a fitness test and it's just like you're then you then have to go and train and your legs are literally like blocks because you're like i've just Mm. done you know uh, all these sprints so around the veil veil park is actually the biggest uh, the widest pitch in the whole of the football leagues and there's actually a a clay track um, around it and Basically, all the way around, you have to get around in 60 seconds. You have to do six of them, then six halves. And then I don't know. I feel like they might have been filled in now, but there was a stand where there was no seats. Right. They were called the Steps of Doom. And literally, obviously, because you can imagine where the seats are meant to go, the steps are like that high. So you have to go up and down one up and down two, up to 10 and then back down to one. And you do that, all, all, all of that, and then go out in the afternoon and be training. And it's literally like, I've never been so fit in my life. Now I've packed a few pounds on after obviously lockdown and everything. But at the time, I, I, honestly, I was like so fit. You mentioned like playing against James Madison, right? Uh, and and how he was running rings around players. I'm interested to know, like, if, you're, if you're playing at League Two level, for example, obviously you think you're a good footballer. You play someone who is at a higher standard. You described that like, you have the fitness. Obviously, you know you know the game. What's the difference? Like, how do you? What could you say when you were playing against James Madison that makes him better than you, for example? Because presumably, you know, when you're playing in the same level, that doesn't come up too often. But when you play someone who's who's of a higher standard, what does it feel like? Yeah, it's it's eye opening. It's like you know, it, I would not to be biased, but I I would always I was a striker at yeah. um, at Vale. And I wasn't the quickest, but I would always kind of, you know, find myself 
in front of goal with a chance and I, I would I would put it away or I, I was one of them people where you know the ball just hits the post and just lands at, at your feet or a deflection it would just land there that was just me and how I played and when you're playing against like your James Madisons I played against Carragher and Suarez for the reserves against Liverpool Ross Barkley was incredible when we played um, against him too and it's just like in league two and one I found that it's um if someone's on you, someone's scared to give you the ball. Whereas, like, I remember Ross Barkley coming out the second half, our gaffer was like, we need two men on him at all time, you know? And he would still get the ball, and he was just so comfortable and relaxed on the ball, and he wasn't panicking to give it away quickly, you know? Right, yeah. Because um, I feel like when you play FIFA or something, the truth is just that the players, the better players are quicker. It's not the truth in reality, is it? Because presumably there'll be players in at League Two standard who who are pastier and who are maybe quicker with the ball than yeah. they are at the top level. You hear a lot that it's about how much time you have uh, it's, yeah, opportunities. A hundred percent. It's And also I found that it's also a lot of it is about risk-taking, you know, that the, the best players are the players that take risks to to open up more more chances or like i say if you have three shots on goal or six shots on goal you're more likely to score if you're having six you know yeah and i find that now as a man united fan with bruno fernandez before our midfield was a bit like sideways backwards not really trying the crazy pass in behind whereas bruno fernandez now he might like everyone's like, oh, he lost possession of the ball like thirty times or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, but he got two assists and a goal. I literally yeah. don't, I don't care. We would, we, we, we're used to when Van Hal was at United. I was used to just going sideways, backwards, and scraping a one nil win. And same with Mourinho in, in, in the second year, get a one nil win, and that's it. Whereas now it's like, even though we're very unpredictable, we could beat anyone, but then also lose to like Accrington Stanley. It's more like. Even if we go 1-0 or 2-0 down, I'm like, we're probably going to come back or at least get a goal because I know that Bruno's there to, you know, put a pass in behind for Rashford rather than into feet or try a shot from far out and, and, you know, get a goal. So I think it's a lot of the, I think the difference for me is I think people are quicker on the ball because they don't have to, it's, it's the mind as well. They don't have to think about it as much. It's just like, you know, the old Paul Scholes thing that that they've already looked before they've got the ball and they know where it's going. And yeah, just a lot of more risk taking, which, you know, in lower leagues, if you, if you give it away too much, you're getting run up on the next day. You ain't having a day off on the Sunday. You're running up the Hills. So everyone's a bit like, Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, we'll just play it safe, you know? And it's yeah. about playing it risky or playing it safe. And that's my opinion of, of, of the difference, you know, because there's, yeah. we had some players on our team that were rapid, like rapid. And, you know, I don't think it's anything to do with pace or speed or even like strength. You know, you have, you like, Akin Fenwas and your your players like that that are like really strong guys. It's just I think it's it's the brain that's the I think maybe when the people are talking about the quickness, it's more the brain than physical. So yeah, it's it's definitely eye opening when you're playing in the reserves against Suarez, Barkley, and and, and James Madison. So <laughs> yeah, uh, can we all just mark him and give everyone else the ball? <laughs> <laughs>
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Hi guys, David Ornstein here. If you've not seen it yet, I've launched a new weekly YouTube show, Ask Ornstein, where I answer questions from our subscribers to The Athletic. Submit your questions via the discussion pages on The Athletic app, and I'll answer my favourites. To watch the show, head over to the TIFO Podcast YouTube channel, and a new episode will be up every week. How old were you when you when you left? I was just 10, 19. So you, you were really young. Yeah, really young. Yeah, really young. It must have been a really big decision at the time. Massive, you know, because I was never really into music like as a, as a young kid. I listened to it a lot, but, you know, I would I would get a guitar and I would play it a few times and I'd be like, I'm just going outside play football, you know? So yeah. it was, it was a, I was a late bloomer in music. So for me to be like, I'm going to go here and do this now. It was quite a big decision. I was I, I was sat in the office with with Gaffer and um, the uh, owner at the time and the assistant, and they're like, "You've got to, you know, you've got to make a decision. Football's a dedicated game. Like, if you at the time I was doing like festivals um, around the country, like like fifteen twenty thousand people, and on on like the Sundays or the Fridays, you know, and I'd be them playing games or or on the bench or whatever and mm. they were just like you need to you need to choose one or the other and i just yeah i just had a feeling to 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 go with music i enjoyed it as much when i did it which was the main thing and i was realistic enough to be like i've played against ross at barclay i've played against james madison and these kind of people i'm good but i'm not that good and i mean you never know i it could have you know I could have now had a great season, bagged 20. And like, I don't know, your Fulhams could be calling and then have a good season there and then blah, blah, blah. But it's the risk I took and I, um, I don't regret it. Sometimes I do miss the football banter because it's just the next, it's next level in the change rooms, man. The stuff that goes on is just crazy. Whereas like, I find myself, I remember when I first, I remember when I first got into music, I'd be playing like tricks and pranks and stuff on, on my, my management and that, and they were, they just didn't get it. <laughs> I'd be moving their cars to the other side of the, 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 the car park. And when they go to get it, they'd be like, where's my car? And like, <laughs> that's just stuff that like goes on in, in football mm. uh, changing rooms. So I, I've had to tone that down a lot that I miss feeling when you bag a goal. But other than that, you know, I, I love where I'm at right now. Um, so, yeah. What went into the decision there? Because, I mean, you mentioned there, you know, you played against players like Ross Barkley. You felt you had a good idea of what your level was. Presumably then you were thinking about your potential career trajectory and, and what that might look like within football. Is it considered choice in, in that sense? Or what, was there was there anything else that, that, that went into it? Because I think, you know, it's sort of the dream of of, of so many people to 
to you know get to get to the cusp of or even in a professional footballing environment and then at 19 years old to, to change it's you know I, I know i kind of already said this but it's like such a huge decision to make was there anything else that that, that went into it or was it was it kind of calculated in in in, in the way that you describe yeah no it literally was like i'm not going to get to the championship or the high championship realistically from where I'm at right now and who I'm playing against. And I know it's obviously, I'm not really in music for the money and I wasn't in football for the money, but you, uh, you have to think of like how you want to live and also there's an expiration date to being a footballer if you're only going to earn as much as you would in a normal job then it seems odd to plow 15 years into something that is going to end at some point when your physical expiration occurs people don't do that in normal careers so i i totally appreciate and understand that point. a hundred percent and you know seeing some of the guys going to uni to you know study stuff i was like ah mate i studied from five till 16 there's not a chance I'm, I'm doing that again. Like, I'm not the brightest spark in the book. There's not a cat in hell's chance that I'm going to go to uni or college to, to train up for something else. Even, like, coaching didn't interest me. We had, I know that at 16 we had to do some certain badge or whatever, but even that, I was just like, this is so long. I don't want to be writing in a book and researching stuff to, to learn. Like, I just know You still feel the same now? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I can't remember the last time I read a book. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I read a book. It's only mag- magazines. No, and... no bragging about that. You need to read books, Ali. I'm a, I'm a picture looker or I'm a podcast listener. So, you know. What do you uh, listen to? I really got into the Peter, Peter Crouch podcast uh, in yeah, lo- lockdown. Yeah. Listen to every episode, Mike Tyson. And then I got onto... I can't remember what it's called now, but this one to do with sleeping and, and keeping me calm because I'm I, I can't really um, sit still even though I'm just twirling around in my chair. You know I can't. I've found this like relaxation podcasting. I'll have to find the name and mm. yeah, that's kind of what I've what I've got into. But yeah, I do do not miss anything like that. <laughs> I barely even write with a pen. You know, if someone needs to write a card, I get the missus to do it. I'm like, you do it. I can't read my writing. <laughs> Um, Fair enough. Well, let's talk about the the transition then, because you say you're already playing festivals and stuff uh, when you were still a player before you made that decision to leave. Um, You went on X Factor, right? Yeah. What was that like? Crazy, man. Crazy. So my journey to that um, was a bit mental. Um, I was with Crown Talent uh, Management at the time. They had like Jesse J, Ellie Golden all these kind of people. I went on, did loads of shows with Jesse. Um, I played like British summertime, Hyde Park, supported the Wanted on tour, like just did like a bunch of crazy stuff for someone that didn't even put, you know, didn't even put a song out, was signed to Epic. Um, And then, you know, the guy that signed me left, the boss who, who hired him left and a whole new team come in. And, you know, they were just like, we don't really want to take on any new stuff that was by the other people. So it kind of, you know, that fell into the drain. I was like, what the heck am I going to do now? And That must have sucked. Really, really, man. You know, like the the worst thing is, and it's learnt me a lot now to not really say too much because I I was like telling all my mates, I was like, oh my God, you know, that I've got this flat that has been paid for in Wandsworth on the bridge, like, 
Mm. I've got this like Mercedes that it's like I'm getting a really good deal on because I'm signed to this label, I'm signed to this label, like I'm working with this person, I'm doing this. And then a year later, to not have any of that and the last resort to kind of, you know, no one really after that was like, well, you ain't with a label now. There's like, we've done a bunch of stuff. Um, we don't really see why we're, we're going to carry on working. Um, so then it was just like, what do I do now? Because no one wants to work with me because, you know, I'm not with a, a label now. No other labels want to sign me because they've just seen that I've been dropped from Epic. And for three years in a row, um, you know how the kind of scouting works for X Factor. They, they would ask me, oh, we'd love you to come on the show. Love you to come on the show. I don't need to. I'm with Epic. Um, so then the last year I was just like, manager, like, there's not really anything else on the table right now. Let's just try it. So tried it. And I was just like, <sighs> like one of my biggest regrets, really. Like they promise you a lot. <laughs> and um yeah, it just it just didn't work out. And then I went into moved from London because I had no money whatsoever and went on a construction site for like 10 months. <laughs> wow. Like straight after. 100 percent bro. I was like, what am I gonna people... do now? Had people on the site watched the show or anything? Yeah, I would get a question every. What? Why are you here? Like, right, just yeah. seen you on the TV. Like, we saw you at a festival last year. What are you doing? And that's, that, that's that was weird. the yeah. that was the, like the 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 biggest like oh god this is actually quite sad you know mm. I was like well it just didn't work out and they were like, oh fair play for you to like get into something like this that's a hard graft but yeah just getting asked and or or telling people they haven't seen for ages that now nah, I'm, I'm doing this now um was really tough like and that's how quickly you can be like really high to then being like spat out and it yeah. is yeah it's, it's tough man really tough it's quite a familiar story isn't it it's, it's yeah. something particularly related to the music industry that you hear quite a lot uh, and you know people like yourself and and critics and writers describe it as sometimes a kind of machine which chews up and spits people out and uh i feel like i don't know i feel like i've heard that story so many times it's sort of it's depressing and for you yeah. as an individual to be to be party to it it must i mean you must have had some really low moments 100 percent, man like I, I literally at the time i didn't want to do construction my hands were literally in bits like i've got super baby hands and you know i'm not a morning person and like 5 30 wake ups to work and i literally worked in rain snow i would i left i remember this one time really clearly and this is always like if i ever have to get up early or do something that i don't really want to do i just think back to this i woke up one morning at like 5 30 and i was back home in stoke on trent at the time and we were working in birmingham i left my work boots in the van the night before the dude picked me up and i they were frozen to the um to the van floor and i was like how have i got from being on TV and performing like to 10,000 a night on like arena tours, supporting people to this. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't want to do this. So then I tried a bit of wedding singing, which I, I, I kind of got into as well. And then I was just like, you know, I am not built for this. Fair play for people that do, you know, they make a good living, they enjoy it. No, no disrespect to, to the construction kind of world, but it's just, Definitely. I mean, even looking at me like I'm, I'm just tiny. I'm not built for that world. 
and I was just like, I need to get into music. How can I, what can I do? So I was like, right, I'll start and, and go into things and try and be a writer for other people because I can write a half decent song. So let's do that. So that's how me and Tom kind of, me and I, I met Tom through supporting him, you know, at shows. And then we kind of stayed in touch and he was in a similar position, not obviously as bad as me, but he was like, I want to get back into music, but I, I, I don't really know what to do. I was like, let's just write. So I would go down there. The, the person who I worked for was actually my uncle in construction. So he'd be super sound about, you know, I would have a Friday off and go down Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We just write in the spare room. We kind of got just writing for other people, got like a few small cuts. Um, and then we just realized that was there was a little kind of body of work that kind of had a sound. We're like, this sounds like it could be like an artist. And we were just like, should we just like do it like secretly? I was like, yeah, sure. And then we literally like didn't play anyone anything for like two years. <laughs> I was, we just got to a point like, it's a bit weird in it. We're not playing anyone this music and it's actually good. So I went to LA writing and uh, met a guy out there who manages for a few, few months um, that really loved the stuff. Um, he then was like, time difference is pretty crazy. I'm going to pass you on to someone who I think will be great for you, which is now our management that we're still with. Um, they kind of like helped us with studio time, helped us put a few songs out. And then now we're signed to Positive with EMI. So yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's come back around, which is good. So I'm glad I got back into it because it's so easy to, you know, I, I think weekly of, how many amazing people have probably just gone, this is not working now. I'm just going to give it up. But the next day something could happen. You could meet someone, you know, I think it's how long you can stick it out before um, something happens that is substantial to push you to the next level. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how, you know, how I got to here, but it's just been a mad journey, like super up, really down, and then, you know, on the way back up again. <laughs> and all you this know, time, man, you have not been helping my uh, <laughs> sanity, you know? Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You know, your description before of... um of writing these songs with Tom. Tom, who for, for listeners who don't know, is from uh, or was from the the band The Wanted, right? Yes, yes, yeah. So writing these songs with Tom, not playing them to anybody for two years, it sounds a little bit to me like um, I wonder if it does to you too, uh, like a reaction to what you were talking about before, having learned about uh, or that's saying you'd learned the lesson of not wanting to tell people stuff before it was a reality or perhaps a rejection of like having a fairly public uh, life as a, as a young person beforehand and doing things like X Factor. Do you think that played into it at all? The idea of, you know, keeping that level of secrecy around what you were doing and making it more of a, of a pure thing rather than something that required external um, appreciation. Yeah, definitely. 100%. We were both like, we need to figure out a way to do the same thing as Marshmallow has done and don't show who we are because people will judge us for being in the wanted and being, you know, that dude who was rejected from X Factor that worked in construction. <laughs> like, you know, why are they doing like cool house music, house pop music now? Like we're generally scared of people knowing that it was us, even though we knew the music was really good. Um, and then once we got our, you know, once we got our, we, we literally went through so many ideas, like, let's wear panda helmets. Let's, but even before the masks came in with this pandemic, let's wear masks with our names on the front, with sunglasses. People won't know who we are. Okay, we'll do press shots, but we'll, we'll pixel out our face. And it was just like, it was crazy what we were like, you know, and we met our manager and he's like, scrap all that. He's like, once the music is good, no one's going to care. And that just like gave us the like, yeah, you know what? That's, that, that is true. You know, the example for that is like Joel Curry. He was on Geordie Shore before he was Mastiff. Wes Nelson now has got a massive tune. He was on Love Island and like, no one cares if your stuff is good. And we thought everyone would care, you know? So now it's, it, I think that's where that kind of, let's not play it to anyone, but like, let's just play it to our missus and let them tell us we're really good. <laughs> Need a little ego tickle after a couple Literally, of years in the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tell us we're good, please. Cause we've lived <laughs> with this for two years now and we can't, we can't make out whether we're biased or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I like it. Hey, so um, what do you think about Paul Pogba then? Very strange situation. He's just he he's he's not lived up to you know the 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 mad hype of what he had at Juventus. But my sympathy with him is he ain't playing with Pirlo. We're onto something right now, but I feel it's without Paul Pogba, which is a shame because I never thought there was a there was a I thought there was more chance of pigs trotting through the sky whistling than him coming back after all that what happened you know and how yeah. how, how his agent is. But when he came back, I was like, okay, fair play. You want to come back and and try and do well. Fair play. And he's had some good moments, you know. 
But I just, you know, I don't think it, he, he's not the right fit for United. And, and it's proven that for Bruno Fernandes coming in, you know, he's been here since January. He's not even a year. And I think he scored more, assisted more, you know, he's just done a lot more in the space of time. And there's no trouble. He, he feels like a future captain as well. And I thought that's what Paul would have been. But yeah. it just hasn't worked out, you know, and I don't think he's a bad player. And I think I know for a fact wherever he goes next, he's going to be a world beater. He'll choose a team, you know, your PSG, your Juventus, Madrid, Barca. He'll go either one of them and he'll be an absolute world beater because he is for France. You know, you can see it. And he's just he oozes more confidence with them. Best for both parties, I think. It's a yeah. shame because it felt like, oh, this is going to be good, you know, but. It hasn't worked out and I don't, I don't hate him. I think he's a class player. It's just very inconsistent. And it's what happened to a few of our players that have left, you know. Yeah. Di Maria went to PSG, was absolutely class, bagged loads, assisted loads. Memphis to pay, gone to Leon, and he's like captain there now and he's just tearing it up. So some players just aren't meant to be, you know, with a, with a certain team. It's happened at Chelsea, you know, when Torres went there, everyone was like, oh my God, this is going to be crazy. And then it's just like, Oh, this is yeah. weird. Lukaku um, too, yeah. Yeah, Lukaku, exactly. And he's, he's just some players aren't meant for teams, no matter how good they are, you know. And I think mm. it could be the same. You could send Ronaldo to some team that d- doesn't really play the way he's playing and he probably wouldn't be as good or score as many. Same with, you know, with Messi. I think it's just certain teams are made for people and Paul and United and mm. it, now on 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 aren't a couple we aren't his cameron diaz to his jude law like the holiday <laughs> that just isn't what it is right now but bruno fernandez is is our bridget jones yeah i feel like that's kind of the first one of those is sort of quite obscure reference now the holiday i feel like it's popular in 2008 or something i remember that film, Mate, it's that film. is it yes. is it a big deal that film Mate, it's a huge film, and I'm I'm super into that kind of you know rom com yeah. um, vibe. It's massive, massive, yeah, big, big round Christmas. I'm not sure. Is it, I don't even feel like it's a Christmas film, but everyone I think it is. It. There's a lot of, like they, their depiction of England is uh, of Kate Winslet's job, isn't she? She's a sort of lowly journalist or something, isn't she? Yeah, she lives yeah, in an yeah. incredible cottage outside of London, and yeah. it's always snowing. Yeah. And uh, it's that it is it's that like uh, idealistic um, American vision of uh, of what England is supposed yeah. to be like. When in reality, we all live in tiny boxes and it's cold all the time. <laughs> yeah, where you got to wear your hood inside. Uh, yeah. Hey Ollie, thanks so much for for coming on, man. I appreciate it. And also, I I, I listened to uh, the new single into you. I really like it. I think it's I think it's great. Thank so, you so um, much, man. Thank I'm you. pleased that you've been able to you know squirrel your way back into uh, back into music after after the yeah. years because it feels um, good. It's a job well done, man. There's a long way to go still, but at least you know I'm I'm on the on the path, you know, which is yeah. good. But thank well, you for well, let's me have you well. back in uh, in a couple of years when a hundred percent that would be great all the way up here. Yeah. When United are winning as well. Well, that will be 10 years, so I don't know if that's... Yeah, uh... yeah. Okay, thanks so much, man. Thank you, man.